Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Fred Obiero. Hello, and welcome to the Ivy Podcast. My guest today is Elizabeth Agosto, Chief Operating Officer, Information Security Division at BNY Mellon. How are you, Liz? Good to have you on today. Hello, Fred. I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here today. Glad to be here. Before we start this episode, I have one small request to our listeners. As we continue to grow the Ivy Podcast, we would appreciate if you would take just a minute of your time to leave us a review on the show because reviews make a huge difference to podcast channels like ours. Now, time for the episode with Elizabeth. So Liz, tell us about yourself and your role at BNY Mellon and maybe share with us how you ended up in the banking sector. Thank you, Fred, I would love to. So um, I guess I, I could say I grew up in, in financial services, you know, working for companies like Lehman Brothers, Barclays, and now BNY Mellon. Um, I'm grateful. I've had a, a successful career for 20 plus years in the areas of risk, marketing, and client service. Uh, but my journey into cybersecurity is a bit of an unconventional one because I'm not a technologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I say this is because almost seven years ago, I was hired to direct lead and grow the information security uh, team pretty rapidly, right? And the goal was to execute on our CISO's mission uh, of establishing a global enterprise-wide cybersecurity services program, obviously to improve the cybersecurity posture across BNY Mellon. And as you may or may not know, BNY Mellon is one of the largest and longest standing financial services companies. Um, Since, yeah, and so if, you know, if I since I joined uh, the organization, I was able to scale the organization from about, you know, eighteen employees to an organization today of over six hundred employees globally. In, in well, what I'm to say is one of the most niche areas of technology. I'm sure you're aware. Uh, quick question, Liz, before you proceed. So, scaling the comp- your team from eighteen employees to six hundred, what kind of time frame did it take you to grow that fast? It wasn't long at all. Um, you know, again, I've been here, I've been with BNY Mellon for, as I mentioned, almost uh, seven years. And, you know, we grew pretty rapidly in like three, three, four years time um, into where we are now. We just, we're continuing to grow into scale. So it's pretty exciting. Is that mainly because there's increased risk uh, when it comes to cybersecurity and data breaches or what was the reason behind the rapid growth? Well, definitely, we knew that, you know, in order to protect an organization as large as, uh, you know, BNY Mellon, we needed, you know, a a huge uh, team and a competent team in cybersecurity. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had, you know, the right team in place uh, as the company and the organization grew. Our organization is over 50,000 employees. So we wanted to make sure we had a a pretty good, you know, sizable uh, security uh, team in place. Wonderful. Thanks for that summary. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, also known as DEI, as some people call it, has become major topic, a major topic in recent years as companies work to diversify their teams. Liz, can you touch on the work you're doing to get executives and employees involved and motivated? So, you know, DEI, it's been a part of the conversation for a long time now, right? The difference, I guess, in recent years is that 
um, the inequities have been brought to light for all to see. And, you know, no one can turn a, a blind eye anymore. Right. And right. I think the pandemic truly disrupted everything nationwide, right? Turning that spotlight on, on what we know to be existing racial and economic disparities. Um, so it continues to be a big opportunity for corporate leaders to create more trust with their diverse employees, you know, taking action that, you know, lives on beyond this moment. I can tell you as a leader that over the course of my career, my focus has always gone beyond DNI and, and, and it shows, right? There's, you know, 100% contributed to more innovative solutions and outcomes. And because of my passion, you know, how I create that trust is through action. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a deep respect. I invest a lot of my time, my personal time to advance the critical work um, of essential organizations like high tech, ITSMF, mm-hmm. Year Up, and so many others. Uh, so I participate, you know, as a mentor, panelist, moderator. I always make time to give back. Uh, I'm an ambassador in my organization, so it's important to me that, you know, we continue to create a culture and a community where we all play a role, right, in creating a more diverse and inclusive place to work. So, um, yeah, so I, I I take diverse hiring very seriously, right? Uh, as a Latina woman of color, you have to understand, you know, I understand the feelings of exclusion firsthand. So I I always make time to give back, and I feel that my passion for this truly resonates. And that, and that's actually really important because you've lived this scenario. I'm curious to know for a company of your size, do you approach DEI through metrics that need to be met or what's what's the driving factor behind making sure that, hey, we're not just going to hire diverse because we need to check a box, but we, they also have got to make sure that these are the right people to fill the seats that we have open. Absolutely. I mean, look, you know, diversity is is not just about, you know, a, a social imperative, right? It, it's a business imperative. It, it's you have to think about it. It makes business sense when you don't have uh, diversity of thought around the table. You are not going to have um, good outcome. You you need people from, you know, different walks of life and different racial ethnic backgrounds to provide right. that diversity of thought. And I think it's important because, you know, when you think about it, um, we're not just looking at DNA, you know, metrics are great. Metrics are always wonderful because you, it tells you a story of, you know, kind of a pulse check. How are we doing? Right. Are right. we going in the right direction or, you know, are the things that we're putting in place be, becoming effective? Uh, but but it's a continuous conversation. Right. And and one uh-huh. point I, I wanted to make about uh, diversity, because we you know, that word is so in my view is overused a little bit. Right. It's about uh-huh. empathy. Uh, and I heard one speaker uh, talk about diversity and talking about the human aspect of diversity, because when you really think about it, every single person understands what it means to be excluded, no matter what your ethnic or racial makeup is. So we all have an obligation to create, you know, safe spaces for our employees to learn and to grow. And for those folks who don't come from diverse uh, backgrounds, uh, for them to learn and feel free to ask questions. So they should have a safe space to learn and ask the questions so that they can continue to to, to challenge, you know, the status quo, but we have to get real about this because we're always going to have um, an issue if we don't, if we don't address it. And yeah, that's true because especially even when it comes to like women, women in tech in your, in your position, that's right. a rarity in organizations. And I'm sure BNY Mellon is doing this, just trying to do more that they can to make sure that women are being represented at the highest levels, not just at the lowest entry level positions in, in tech, correct? 
That's correct. I mean, I have, I have, I have 20 plus years in the financial industry and I will tell you for as long as I can remember. Um, and I think still true to this day, I've always been the only, right. The only Latina in my management team, mm -hmm. the only Latina in the conference room with senior leaders amongst right. my peers. Right. So, um, it, it is, it, it's representation is really important, right? If you don't, if you can't see it, you can't imagine it. So there's a lot of work that we need to do in the technology space when it comes to cybersecurity across the industry. I mean, there's some stats that say that, you know, some of the most recent stats say that only 24% of cybersecurity professionals are women and only 4% of those uh, Latinx people of all genders have a career in cyber. So this is not just a, a numbers game, it's an equity game. Right, so switching gears, hybrid work environments are somewhat being presented as a new model. However, the basics of what makes up an exceptional team still remain the same. Can you discuss some of the innovative workplace technology solutions and collaboration tools that help employees connect in a hybrid environment for your global teams? I would say as a, as a global financial institution, you know, at BYM Allen, we're, we, you know, we were often already collaborating in a virtual environment well, you know, before the pandemic even started. Right. Um, you know, we're a, a technically a, a technology forward organization in the industry, and we were actually early adopters of how to deliver the best technology experience to, to nearly you know, to our nearly 50,000 employees across 35 different countries and, and countless uh, customers. But over the last two years, though, we saw that the way we work shifted dramatically, you know, following the pandemic. And it, and it soon became clear that we needed to take our employees to the next level of experiences, right? We wanted to ensure that, you know, digital equality in a hybrid environment. And so in order to do that, you know, to do this, we deployed, you know, the latest technology capabilities to provide equal access to see faces, right? And reactions, uh -huh. uh, regardless of whether an employee is local or remote, you know, that's what's going to create a vast, that's what created a vastly more integrated and collaborative way of working. So, you know, looking ahead, you know, we in the organization, we're dedicated to making sure that, you know, we remain, we stay at the cutting edge of technology, whether an employee is working from their home in New York or in Hong Kong one day and London the next, you know, that they can engage with their teams and clients on their PCs wherever they are. In, in your own experience and with your teams, is there any drop-off in the way people engage with one another through, let's say, face-to-face -face, um, interactions? Has that element been lost with people, you know, either being fully remote or hybrid? How, how has that been you know, for BNY Mellon? I think, you know, I think every company is different. I, I, I'm going to say for us, you know, you have, uh, you know, the time, it, it has become a little more challenging to, you know, to communicate, to find, you have to continue to find innovative ways to communicate with your team. So um, we do a lot of, obviously, you know, uh, virtual, uh, you know, conference calls and things of that nature. And uh -huh. I know for me, I encourage my team to get on camera, right? Because, yeah. you know, you don't have that luxury anymore of walking by someone's desk and just having just a quick chat and, and catching up. So we have to do a little bit more, go a little bit, you know, take, go a little bit extra uh, to try to create that engagement, that dynamic um, across right. the board. But we found, you know, again, when we talked about the technology, you know, we, we're, we're definitely trying new things. We're getting really innovative in ways, you know, how do we do this in ways to, to encourage people to get on camera and to figure out new ways of collaboration, right? Whether there be, um, you know, we do, we do some stuff from our, from an engagement perspective on my own team, 
um, where, you know, we get folks on the line, everyone has to be on camera, we all talk, sometimes it's just a catch up, sometimes it's just how you doing, how was the weekend, uh-huh. um, but just encouraging that face, that FaceTime is, is really critical so that you don't lose that connection with the, with the folks across the team that, that you don't have anymore because you're not in the office as often as you right. would have been. I want to go back to a topic that you just quite to surface on earlier. Talk to me about being a woman in cybersecurity and why are there so few women uh, that occupy, you know, positions like yours? You know, I guess I, I'm going to say that, um, you know, for, for women, you know, my experience has been and, and a lot of individuals I've spoken to, it's just at a certain age and in, in when you're in school, at a certain age, it stops being cool anymore, right? And they kind uh-huh. of associate, you know, the math and the STEM careers more to, to the men and, and women start to sort of, you know, we need to gain more awareness. I think more awareness is, is important. But as you're, as if you don't see it, you know, in your environment and, and, you know, you're not really going to imagine yourself being in, in, in that game. So I would say we, as an organization, we, as leaders have to do more about bringing awareness about how important STEM careers are in our, in our, you know, in our communities. Right. And I speak as a Latina woman of color. I, I do a lot of work, you know, in high schools, in, in the education system, um, talking to, to people in my own family, to be honest, you know, just, it starts very young, introducing girls to, to the idea of careers in technology and how incredible, uh, the opportunity truly is. And I think if we continue to, to raise awareness about the possibilities, I'll give you my own example. Um, when I started my conversation, I said that, you know, my, my entry into technology was a bit of an unconventional one. And that's because I'm not an engineer. I'm not a uh-huh. technologist. So when I got the call to come to uh, BNY Mellon to run a cybersecurity business, it was like, wait a minute, you know, I, I <laughs> have been a COO in the past and I run businesses in the past, but new, Right. So um, if I could expand a little bit on the how, I think it's really important um, that, you know, leveraging skills that you've, you know, and experience that you've gained through other, you know, opportunities in your jobs and thinking a little bit differently. I had to shift uh, my mindset a little bit to say, okay, well, I've done risk, I've done marketing, I've done client service, technology is so different. I had to really take a risk. Yeah. And I think that's what it is, right? You, you know, being able to say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to try this anyway. And if it works out great, you know, but, you know, learning from your mistakes, talking to people who are in the field, who, who have been successful at it really helps. But I have to tell you, um, I've had some incredible role models early in my career, uh, two that stand out to me to this day. Um, So I was fortunate to work alongside these two women, obviously in separate organizations, who inspired me, right? Uh And um, to take risks, to think, to have that foresight. Uh, One of the the women who who I worked alongside tried to prevent the liquidity bubble um, at the cost of losing her job. She had a a different view, went against the grain, um, and she led with conviction. She did what was right. So that was a lesson I learned with her in 2006, 2007. And, you know, we know what happened in 2008, obviously. Right. right? (laughs) So, you know, you learn the importance of leading with conviction. There was another uh, woman I worked alongside who uh, she is a trend futurist. 
um, ultimately transforming experiences in the way we live, right? She has this view into the future. Um, and she realized that there was a missed opportunity by not marketing to women. Things that perhaps were taken for granted, you know, she had these predictions on, you know, how, how do we market to women? There's this whole market and we're not leveraging it. Um, and so her her whole focus was marketing to women and thinking about how women think and what issues we we face every single day. So I guess I say all that to say that I've been inspired by women who are the ultimate class ceiling breakers, right? They're disruptors in their own fields. Two very different women from two uh-huh. very different in, uh, industries, but they had one commonality, right? They both delivered outcomes. They were innovators. You have to think a little bit outside the box. So if you have a background in, in, in risk or you have a background in marketing or you have a background in legal, think about how does that translate in the technology space? Because there's so much, everything is technology now. Every company, no matter how big or small, right, is yeah. has a choice but to be a technology company. So I think it's a missed opportunity. And I think mothers and fathers out there should be speaking to their daughters about what does a career look like in the technology field and, and how they can be a great asset in the future. And, and that's great. So that's on the, on the family side. What about on the corporate side? Can you share how you can influence corporate leaders to keep investing in women for cybersecurity? I think we have to continue to, you know, um, provide awareness on, you know, and and be a little bit more open minded, I think, too. Um, So we have I guess we need everyone in the organization across the board from the most senior to the most junior ambassadors uh, across the board trying to say, look, you know, we need the the female perspective in the business. Right. We need your thoughts, your leadership, your experiences, your background to share. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a magic uh, bullet, uh, if you will, but, you know, I, I think it's just making sure that the recruiters understand, you know, yeah. that, that, that there is, that we need to seek out, you know, um, you know, female talent in the organization, irrespective of what industry it is, um, that we need diversity in that space. Um, and particularly, I will tell you, um, in technology, the numbers are still not where they need to be. So we need to do better. And how we do it, I, again, I mean, that's a that's that's sort of a, a difficult, uh, you know, a, an issue that we're all trying to solve. But I yeah. guess marketing and creating more awareness about these jobs and being very intentional in our focus, you know, getting involved in, in ERGs and BRGs in, in your respective organizations. We have a lot of, you know, uh, network organizations that talk about, you know, women in technology as an example, right. Um, you know, women in technology and, and just sometimes I think it's just, again, it goes back to taking that risk, knowing yourself and taking a leap of faith and, and just looking into it, staying curious, um, talking to people who have done it. And um, figuring out. You know what? There's something that you've said there that uh, it's not the first time I've heard it, but it's important to see that, you know, you and I didn't talk about any of this before this this podcast. But one thing you said was recruiters, talking to recruiters and making sure that they understand we have a diversity problem in this department, in this team. I'm not saying go there and just look for either, you know, minority candidates or female candidates, but that's an emphasis that you're putting on the recruiting team so that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. I think it's a call to action, right? I mean, everyone needs to understand the importance of it. I can't stress awareness enough. I've said it a lot. I'm sure you heard me say it a lot of times in this conversation, but I think it's awareness and, and creating a safe space for people to talk about reality. Yeah. 
right? Because, you know, if someone is not a person, uh, you know, a diverse individual, um, you know, they're going to be a little bit nervous to talk about certain things because they don't know if they're saying the right thing or they're going to, uh, you know, say the wrong thing, right? Yeah, get in trouble. Let's create a safe space. Right. Well, I think we have to create safe spaces from the top all the way to the bottom for people to feel comfortable to talk about it. We, we have an issue of diversity and it doesn't matter what the industry is. We all do across every industry and we need to talk about the how. How do we do it? We have networks of people that we know. Let's talk to people. Let's start conversations. Let's engage. Let's think outside the box. Let's be a little bit more future focused um, and, and try different things. You know, And if we've tried the same thing and it hasn't worked, in this time, you know, then I guess we need to think about our framework and revisit. So Liz, you didn't come from a tech background, but I'm curious to know, what are some of the latest trends in information security that you're currently researching that may reshape the banking industry? And if you have any examples, please share them. Sure. Um, listen, I think everyone, you know, is talking about the cloud. Right. I mean, every, uh-huh. everyone is talking about the cloud. Right. I would say I wouldn't talk so much about reshaping the industry as much as in our conversation, talking about getting people to get into technology, especially women. I would say get comfortable with learning a skill set that you're not familiar with. Right. right. Read about what what are the latest trends in digital? What are the latest trends in cloud? What is cloud? What is the cloud? I get that asked that question all the time. What is the cloud? How does that impact our daily lives? I think if people understood that we are now a digital world, really, we live in a, a very digital world um, and that everything we do has an impact. Right. And and the, with more innovation comes the need for more security. I think if people understood that, they'd really take a greater interest in reading and understanding what all of this means. And there are going to be roles, there are roles today in in any organization that in another couple of years will no longer exist. So I think one of the things that I think folks need to really think about is what are the skills of the future and are you prepared? Correct. And and that's a good way to put it, because it's not that they're going to be out of a job, but they just need to learn new skills that they can apply so that that's right. The things that they're doing now that could be automated, they don't find themselves out of a job, but they find themselves enriched because they picked up a new skill. That's right. Just to continue to look into things and ask questions. And, you know, people have, you know, digital, you have refrigerators that tell you when you're running out of eggs. Right. Uh-huh. You know, who's going to fix those refrigerators? First of all, I want that refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people have everything is digital. When's the last time you paid with actual dollars? Right. You know, you walk into any Starbucks uh-huh. and, you know, you kind of age yourself when you go in there and you're paying cash. I'll so- tell you this much. Uh, this just happened, I think, two or three weeks ago. My wife and I went to a restaurant. I've got into this habit of not carrying my wallet because yes. I, I just assume now any place right, takes right. Apple Pay. And this one restaurant, it's a global chain. This particular branch did not have um, Apple Pay and we had to get up and leave. It's unfortunate. Oh, wow. Well, do you see that? So this is what I'm saying, right? This is, yeah. this is the future, right? We, we're going to need a workforce in the future who understands the technology and all the things that we take for granted on a daily basis. If you lose power, just think about that for a second. You lose mm-hmm. power. What do you do? Like today, people just don't know what to do. 
you can't no. game, you can't watch TV, you can't watch Netflix, you can't play on your phone, you can, you yeah. know, you have no internet access. People lose their minds. It, it, and we become such a socially connected world. Everything is just, we're connected to everything every minute of the day. Um, that I think a, a really important thing that we need to get through, if anything, is we need to really think about our future every single day. And we need to think about, you know, how many more years do we plan on being employed and, and, you know, in having a career and you have to continue to skill up. You have to continue to learn and grow and challenge your mind um, for, for the roles of the future. Because I, I have to tell you, there's a lot that will not exist in terms of careers in a few years time. Right. And so, at least the way we do things will be very different. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. And, and it's happening. It's happening every day. Things are changing. The the um, lockdown, <clears throat> the pandemic had a lot yes. to do with basically forcing yes. the transformation on, on organizations and everybody. That's right. And it rushed us, right, to be innovative. And I think everybody always had that sort of innovative muscle, but a lot of people were so afraid to do it. You, know, yeah. you hear people saying, oh, we can do that, right? And all of a sudden, it was like, if you think about my own organization, we have over 50,000 employees, right? We had to go, you know, remote. Yeah very quickly, very quickly, we're able to do it, right? So innovation happened, you know, very quickly. Uh, yeah, in our it, society. It, yeah, yeah, the lockdown essentially shrunk down the timescale it would take for some of these changes right. to have taken place ordinarily. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So last question, what has helped you to get to where you are? And what what of advice would you give to someone that wants to pursue a career similar to yours? It's a good, uh, I would say, okay, I, I learned in my journey that mistakes can be great learning opportunities. Um, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and be excited about what could go right. You have to be courageous. You got to go for it. Without courage, you can't make a difference. You can't have the right conversations that lead to change. You have to challenge the status quo. Um, I think a big thing for anyone really coming through cybersecurity world or any profession is to always continue to learn. I, I touched on that. You know, my mind is always on, right? Whether it's taking notes, reading, learning. If you don't know something, read about it. See yeah. someone out who's a subject matter expert, pick their brain. Um, I, I'm a big believer in the power of human connection, right? Empathy and and just, just the human element of people. Um, you know, I, I will tell you building relationships there's there's something to be said about you know building relationships it's super important and quite frankly i think latinas bring a uh, you know a strong sense of family and community uh, a culture with a strong sense of, of of both so it's important to build rapport with your team your clients create the kind of environment and brand that people want to associate and be a part of um, create a culture of open communication, engagement, belonging. You know, people will not only want to stay, but they're going to want to do their best for you. Um, and personally, my father always taught me the importance of a strong handshake. I got to tell you, I, I teach every person I mentor all the time. I'm like, it is so important. Um, the power of the, of the handshake. Um, and, and lastly, I, I always tell people that I mentor also being, being successful, um, as a Latina is a delicate balance, right? You've got that equal parts unapologetic, uh -huh. but there's patience, be your own ambassador. You have to be, but be authentic and be yourself. And more importantly, um, if the table that you're in is not serving respect, then you know what to do. Liz, you sound like a diplomat there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I, I gotta tell you, you know, I have a lot more questions, but there's never enough time. It's been really wonderful chatting with you today. Thanks a Likewise. lot. Likewise. Thank you so, so much, Fred. It's been a pleasure. And I appreciate the time you afforded me today. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ivy Podcast. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.